Welcome to the Everyday iRacers podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are everyday iRacers, just like you. Don't even have to read that anymore. No. Just spills off the tongue. I know exactly what I'm going to say. Episode 19. We're one episode away from, from having done this for 20 weeks in a row, without yeah. fail. Golf clap. <laughs> yeah. So this week, we have a little bit for everybody. For road racers, for NASCAR, for dirt road racers, and IndyCar racing too. Plus, a little bit of software, a little bit of hardware, a little bit of something for everybody. Rob, last week, we had a blast running around Road Atlanta with some of our peers in the GTE cars. This week, the GTE racing moved over to Hockenheim. I don't know that I can claim to have mastered Hockenheim. I feel better about it. You coming in were still figuring it out even more so than I was. Was not a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing with all the tracks in iRacing. If you invest the time in a given week to kind of learn the track, do two or three races, next season when that track comes up again, maybe the same car, maybe a different car, all of a sudden you have that familiarity. And maybe think about the comfort that we have with Road Atlanta. Fast forward six months and we're going to feel the same way about Hockenheim. Am I crazy? No, I think you're absolutely right. But I don't think that I have put the time into Hockenheim to get there yet. I went into Hockenheim this week feeling pretty bold. You know, I'm an experienced iRacer now. <laughs> Road yeah. Atlanta was a breeze to kind of cruise in. I did spend a little bit of time at week 13 when they just launched Hockenheim. Mm -hmm. And we were out playing around in the Ferraris or something. And I was thinking, oh, this isn't that complicated. This track is pretty easy. So this week I jumped into an IMSA race kind of last minute with you on a Wednesday or a Thursday night. I think I said, you've got SR to burn. Come on in. What do you care? Because <laughs> yeah. you had an A499 coming off of uh, the 24-hour race. So All I could say is I burned some SR. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to get into the details. I shouldn't have been there. But the racing was good, right? Maybe a little more familiarity with the track would have made it a little bit more fun for you. I get it. Me as well. But the racing was good. We were nose to tail at different points. Here's what was kind of interesting. It was, I don't want to say a love fest, but it was a bunch of people racing that were just nice to each other. They were a lot of, hey, thanks, or waiting till the end of the turns to pass. And we kind of experienced that, I think, at Road Atlanta last week, or to some degree, right? So there's sort of this yeah. group right now that's in the GTEs, the IMSA racing. It really just seems to have respect for each other. And so much so that someone from the group posted to Reddit under the subject, shout out to the people of IMSA in the uh, roughly 1.5K split, which is where you and I were spending our time. Yeah, it was refreshing. We talk about this all the time. We get yelled at by LMPs or someone who thinks they're hotshot and you're blocking them or something. But we've experienced kind of two weeks of just a good group of people in general. It's funny though, there's always a bad apple or there's always an LMP guy that throws out some grenade into the middle of the group. And when you have a good group of people, then everybody kind of turns on that guy, <laughs> yeah, <they do. laughs> which is nice. <laughs> and that happened. We saw that happen. It gives you a little satisfaction that you're not the only one that thinks, man, that guy wasn't very nice. It is refreshing when we're in these races and people are getting along well and they're supportive of one another and there's nice chit chat when the race is over and there's apologies. I think I got in your way and the other guy's like, oh no, you weren't in my way at all. <laughs> you know, So it is a much more pleasant experience than being sworn at and called nasty names. And it's not to say the racing isn't hard. I mean, this is wheel to wheel racing, but you know, there's, there's courtesy. And I think part of it stems from the fact, you know, you're probably going to see the same group again the next night or the next week. That's not the only reason, but there's a little bit of camaraderie. I don't know. And, and actually you can use the, uh, I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. You can use the racing rivals app 
which you can download. And I think it's a couple bucks to see if you've ever raced any of these people before. So that's, that's always kind of fun. So I, I thought that was interesting. We experienced it. We were part of it. And then it actually made it, made it to Reddit and there was some discussion around it. So kind of reinforces how we both kind of feel about racing tough, but fair. And if the apologies needed, throw it out there. It's kind of our motto, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. We were up to some other things this week, but just really on the topic of GTEs, I also saw on Reddit that someone basically posted and said, hey, is purchasing a GTE at this point in time a waste of money? And I think most people kind of said, no, I don't think so. Whatever happens in the real world, cars and iRacing kind of live on past that. And uh, I love GTEs. It's just so much fun out here in iRacing. Anyone that's on the fence or coming up from GT3 and wondering, don't even hesitate. Pick a GTE, buy it, have a blast. 100%. Which kind of, you know, leads to another point. You've discovered a series of cars that, you know, haven't been on the the real life track for a couple of years now, but you had a ton of fun with uh, the GT1s. Ton of fun. Friday night rolled around and I was on Discord with some of our teammates and Marcelo was, hey, why don't you come and do some GT1 racing in the Husingfeld GT series? They were at Le Mans this week. Lee and I were there. We don't have any of these cars. So we bought the Austin Martin and thought we'd jump in with Marcelo. And holy smokes, super duper fun. Awesome racing and driving. Tricky cars to drive, but that's kind of the fun part of it. I was describing it to Lee as we were driving around. I'm like, it, it feels like I'm almost on street tires. You know, they don't have quite the same amount of grip but a tremendous amount of power and the sounds in the Aston Martin were incredible. I also had my VR headset on, so that was pretty awesome too. So I've got my seat vibrating and my VR headset, great sound from the Aston Martin and I'm at Le Mans and it was a really, really cool experience. But I ended up practicing several times over the weekend. So Marcelo mentioned though, that it's hard to get enough racers for regular races. This is not a super popular series, but that there are several a week that tend to be you know, the popular times to race. So one of the popular times was this afternoon, uh, Sunday afternoon for me and was able to. So I jumped in and uh, there were 34 people or something that jumped in it. And I ran a 12 lap race at Le Mans, which was fun. And one side point on that, and I was not expecting this. I didn't do it in VR. I did it with my screens. But as we were coming across the start finish line at the start of the race, the jets were flying by. And, you know, I love those jets, uh, you know, at Le Mans when they go flying by. I could hear them coming and I could see them in my mirror. Uh, So before the week rolls over, I'm going to do another one of those races in VR just so that I can kind of peer down and look out my windshield as they go flying by because you made the comment you know weeks ago when when I was raving about it before VR was even on our I think that was a week one of our podcast. I think that was 19 weeks ago. Really? So I'm going to like do another race, do it in VR and watch those jets go flying by at the start finish line. But anyway, it's super fun. They're a little bit tricky to drive, but that's kind of the fun part of it. And I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of them. You know, Rob, we're always talking about iRacing graphics. I think we didn't bring it up last week, but that was the first time in forever that we didn't talk about it. So there was a rumor going around that stemmed from the iRacing forums. There was a post by a developer named Sean Nash, and he alluded to the fact there might be a major graphics engine rewrite coming. And so that led to a lot of wild speculation and (laughs) I guess spirited discussion might be a way to put it on Reddit around that. 
And there were just folks weighing in on what they hoped for, what they thought was possible or what's holding it back today. You know, a lot of the talk was, um, could they just make a few tweaks and kind of get it up to spec with other lighting engines and things like that? It, it does seem like there's something, there's enough rumors and there's enough like that screenshot that was posted a while ago. It seems like something's afoot. I don't know. I keep holding out hope. Keeping the dream alive, right? <laughs> you know, that new grass model was rumored. It was supposed to be there and that disappeared. Could you imagine if four or five weeks from now, the new grass model comes out and maybe there's some new lighting model or something that just makes everything look better and cleaner and newer? Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, there was a bit of a surprise this week, right out of the blue, all of a sudden they dropped new cars. Yeah. NASCAR showed the real life cars. And then what, an hour later, iRacing posted a video, NASCAR cup cars were released, all three of them. Ford, Toyota, Chevy. One of our teammates on our Discord just made a few comments about it. They have sequential shift. They have now one lug bolt, aluminum suspension, and a bunch of aero differences. I think the engine is basically the same. Yeah, I think the same racing engine that's always been in place for the last couple of years. But overall, I was pretty surprised that iRacing dropped a whole new generation of cars, dab smack in the middle of a season. So they're not ones to hold back on surprises. I haven't bought these cars yet. I know I'll buy one. But the feedback so far has been that they're very easy to drive to the point that there are pictures on Reddit of people driving with their feet, like it's that easy to drive. Maybe that's a parody, but that's that's the kind of <laughs> comments that are being posted out there, which is fine. The point of oval racing, you know, NASCAR racing is it's not supposed to be difficult to drive the car if you're just by yourself. It's when you're racing in a pack that things get exciting, I think. So It'll be interesting as NASCAR develops. They're going to have their first test, I think, in August in real life, you know, with these cars. Kind of gives iRacing a chance to get them out in everybody's hands. There's two series. There's an, an open A and a fixed sort of all, you know, everything, including rookies. I think we know that these cars are going to have a big future. You know, it's what is it next NASCAR racing season in real life? All of a sudden, these will be the only cars. So unlike the IRO one, there's no chance that these will be dropped out into the iRacing store and then sort of just go ignored after a couple of weeks. These these will become part of the core of iRacing. So interesting. They just kind of did that out of the blue, but very much time to the real life reveal. So it wasn't completely out of the blue. Cool. Another thing that was released this week was the iRacing progression ladder for dirt road racing, which I don't know that I realized there wasn't a ladder for dirt road racing. I, I guess it was obvious that there wasn't a ladder because you could just go out and do rally cross. I guess you could improve your license and you could go out and you could do off-road trucks, but there was sort of no clear step from, from a lower series to an upper series. But now that is in place. So I guess that was kind of a missing piece and, and maybe it'll draw folks into the, the dirt road side of iRacing. Okay, to close the loop on a little bit for everything as far as racing is concerned, we have the Indianapolis 500 coming up. Yeah, so we've got two weeks of Indianapolis 500 coming up next weekend. What, roughly six days from now is the fixed Indy 500, which I assume will be a little bit easier to get into. Although if you subscribe to VRS or, you know, Pure Driving School or something like that, you can always grab a setup for the open. I have to think there's a whole bunch of other people just like us that are excited by the idea of trying the Indy 500, but don't, you know, know to change engine mappings or here's how you pit under green in an Indy car, you know, all, all these sort of nuance and detail that, you know, really could help you win the race. I think it's just going to be 
a lot of enthusiastic everyday eye racers. <laughs> so don't quote me on how this all works. I wasn't around last year for the Indianapolis 500, but like we mentioned, the first week here, so this coming weekend is going to be the fixed Indianapolis 500, and then the following week will be the open. I haven't seen any series that's running this week on iRacing that is running the Indianapolis Oval during you know a regular series where we can run a bunch of practice tests. But what we will see when the week starts is qualifying sessions set up for the fixed Indianapolis this weekend. And they're going to run quality sessions, I think, every hour. And the way it works is you can go in and qualify every day. You can do a whole bunch of qualifying sessions, but they take an average of your four fastest laps in the qualifying session. And that is your qualifying time. So I might jump into a qualifying session on Tuesday and get a time, but then I can improve upon that if I do another qualifying session on Wednesday, and that will dictate which split you're in. Uh, so it's different than a lot of the other sort of endurance races and stuff that are just strictly sort of grouped together by strength of field, by your I rating. This is going to be dictated by your qualifying time before the race. Now, if you do just jump into the race and you did not set a qualifying time, it'll group you according to your I rating, uh, just like any other race. But you can fight all week long to get into a really high split by posting a really good qualifying time. So I think that's how it's going to pan out for this week's fixed. And then while I don't see any sort of practice sessions, like I mentioned before, there are certainly a lot of hosted sessions that are going to be up where people can go in and practice racing around Indianapolis. Don't be fooled. There is a uh, Indianapolis road racing race going on this week, but that's not the oval where they're going to be running the Indianapolis 500. So I think that's how it's going to go down. So I think I'm going to, I know I'm going to do the fixed. If it goes well, I'll probably want to come back and do the open. If it goes badly, I think I'll want another crack at it and go back and do the open. So I think within reason, over the next two weekends, I'm probably going to take two shots at the Indy 500. We'll see, right? We'll yep. revisit this, but I don't know. Are you, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that I'm going to make sure that I have a big, tall glass of milk next to my rig so that when the race is over and I win it, I can drink the milk. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely going to do a little bit of practicing before the Indianapolis 500. I'm not going to show up on the Sunday afternoon and subject the other 40 people in the race to me not having gone into turn one for six months. So I'll definitely put a bit of practice into it. It's still not going to make me into a pro, but I'd like to be out there and be safe and competitive and have some fun. It's a blast. And anyone that's out there that's listening, that's thinking about doing the Indy 500 and maybe thinking it's daunting, jump in, have fun. It's a, not a once in a lifetime, but once a year opportunity. And by the way, the Coke 600 comes up after that. It's a little bit out in the future, a couple of weeks, but something else to think about that might be fun. Uh, hardware talk. Yes. Over the last couple of weeks, you've been building up your sim rig and got all kinds of new fun toys and, and that kind of thing. And I didn't want to miss out on the action. I've kind of quietly been trying to grab a 3080 for, well, since last September. <laughs> so what is that? Eight months now, but really ramped up the efforts. I think I mentioned it, you know, about six weeks ago and, and one of our listeners actually kind of gave me some guidance around how to, you know, grab a 3080. So kind of followed that guidance and basically every single day kept trying and finally was able to secure a 3080 at retail price and it'll be here next week. So really excited about that. Also have talked about how this is a good time to sell any existing sim racing equipment. So I'll sell my existing 2070 Super, just put it out there on eBay, let the market dictate what the price is. If someone gets a great deal on it, fine. If I you know, recover what I paid for it, that's fine too. 
So yeah, I'm interested to see what the 3080 does. You know, I have a decent CPU at the 10700K right now. So now I'll have a decent uh, GPU to go with it and see what that does for frame rate. The other interesting thing, I had to buy it as part of a bundle. And the bundle that I got ended up being a 1440 screen, literally the 1440 version of the triples that I have. Pure coincidence, the exact same monitor that I have, you know, three 1080s, but the 1440 version. So I'll mount that as my quad. But it'll also give me the chance to run iRacing on a single screen. You know, I won't be comparing frame rate, but I'll be able to compare detail and see if 1440 looks completely different in terms of detail. So that's one question I'm looking forward to answering for my own benefit. And, you know, you and I have talked about it a lot. So I will be able to do a direct comparison on the exact same panel at 1440 and 1080. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about this because this has been on my mind. I'm on 1080s. We complain about the grass model all the time. And then we <laughs> we watch. I complain about the grass model, but yeah, we. I, I go about along that. with it. So, yeah. but then when you watch YouTube videos, some videos that Will does or something, and you're looking at his screen and you're like, holy smokes, like that looks like real life. Maybe sometimes he's in, you know, a set of Corsa or something other than iRacing as well, but nevertheless, it looks pretty spectacular. So I kind of got it into my head that, well, maybe all of my whining about how the trees look or how the grass looks and stuff is really just a reflection of me being on a 1080 monitor. And maybe if I went 1440, all of this would sort of go away. We, we were a bit skeptical about that, but then one of our teammates has got 1440s and he was like, oh my gosh, hands down. Like as soon as you see iRacing in the 1440, you're never going back. And I don't dote him. I bet you he's right. But, yep. you know, I'm not going out and buying a whole bunch of 1440 monitors just to, you know, see what it looks like. So I'm really, really excited to hear what you have to say when you hook up your 3080 and max everything out on your 1080 monitors. And you can say, hey, yeah, it looks better or yeah, it's kind of the same, but a little better. And then look at it on a 1440 monitor and you might be like, holy smokes, Rob. I just put all my 1080s on, on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> so moment of truth inbound. And, and yeah, and the interesting thing is, like I said, it's the exact same panel. So it'll be a true apples to apples comparison. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah. And when does it show up this week? I'm hoping Wednesday, Thursday. I don't want to get mm. too excited and you know be disappointed when it doesn't come in Tuesday or something like that. So so we'll see. But but by the next time we uh, record a podcast, I should have that 3080 and that 1440 installed, and uh, we can talk about it. It's going to put a little bit of crimp into your iRacing schedule this week. You know that, right? Well, and that's the other thing. I had to get an updated power supply because the new graphics cards are much more power hungry. So yeah, I'm going to have to take apart my uh, <laughs> my entire computer, <laughs> reinstall some stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to knock me out for at least one night. Well, I'm really excited to hear how things look. And not only on the screens, but also on the VR headset. I'm waiting for my prescription eyepieces to show up and they should be here this week. So, you know, that should be pretty cool and exciting. But, you know, I kind of wonder, I still have to fiddle with settings and sort of see if I'm really getting the most out of the resolution with the G2 headset. So uh, I don't know if I'm really limited by the GPU that I have, or if it's just me and my, my settings, or maybe it's just, you know, my eyeglass scenario, but 
you're going to be a nice little testing guinea pig here because you, you know, you know what you see with your existing GPU. And then when you drop a 3080 in, I mean, that's just about as good as you can get for a GPU these days. So you should be able to sort of max everything out. And even on the VR headset side of things, you might be like, wow, yeah, it really does have a big impact going big on the GPU. Yeah, I'm excited to, to be able to compare all those scenarios you're talking about to pump up the VR, to pump up all the trackside objects. I, I think I have a lot of stuff on low and medium right now. Of course, I've got to overclock it. That's going to take a whole nother night of messing around. Can't resist. All right, so let's have a quick chat about what's coming up this week in iRacing. We've talked about the Indy 500 fixed, so yep. we're both going to do our best. The plan is to run that. What else has caught your eye this week? This GT1 series that I'm all of a sudden newly interested in is at Mid-Ohio. Makes it a bit of an interesting week because I don't own Mid-Ohio. I own a lot of tracks, but I've never purchased Mid-Ohio. So I'm finding myself early in the week here needing to go through that process of put down a bunch of laps, watch a VRS video, take a look at some telemetry, get yourself into a competitive position, and then go out there and have some fun. You know, I kind of feel like I need to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to find myself in a situation like I did at Hockenheim this week, which was jumping into a race where I was not prepared. And then it wasn't so much fun. So I have a whole new track to learn this week with mid-Ohio. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't I don't have mid-Ohio either. I think I have 80 to 90% of the other road racing tracks, but mid-Ohio and Phillip Island and one or two others I still need to purchase. So I'll join you in learning uh, mid-Ohio this week. And then there's the European Sprint Series is at Silverstone. Those are 60-minute races. Uh, the Endurance GTE Series, uh, which are 90-minute solo races, is going to be at Silverstone as well. I love Silverstone. But the last time it came up as sort of a quick race, I kind of went into it again thinking, oh, I've done some Silverstone before. I could just jump into the Porsche and bomb around and have a great time. And we kind of discovered that wasn't really the case. You still need to invest a bit of an evening into getting your line down, getting your breaking points down, all that kind of stuff. Then there's the Indianapolis 500. Once again, another iRacing week where there's too much to do and not enough time to do it. So that's a wrap for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show please hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcast. It's a great way to show support for Josh and I to keep coming up with great content week after week. If you have comments, just search Everyday iRacers on Reddit and leave a comment. If you want to send an email, shoot us a line at everydayiracers at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you and we hope to see you on the track.